Hello everyone and welcome to a brand new mindful chat on the Artful Athlete podcast and today I am blessed with the presence of a musical legend. I blame him partially for my witch uh, addiction but that's fine because he's okay with it. Ladies and gentlemen, he's an artist, a composer, a musician, and just an absolute legend. The brain behind Miracle of Sound, Gavin! Welcome! Hello. That was a very flattering intro, thank you. <laughs> Everyone deserves the, you know, WrestleMania <laughs> introduction when they come onto yeah. the podcast. It's, 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 it's a nice way to start to, to flatter our egos. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we kind of all need a little boost every so often so yeah, I, I think everyone needs a little pick me up at the moment so that's nice thank you <laughs> it's it's completely free and it comes from the heart and I know you're completely at peace with you know having fostered my addiction to the Witcher video game so yes indeed totally fine everybody should play this game and if you haven't played it do it as I said before the call if I had um gotten someone addicted to Call of Duty or something I would maybe feel a little bad but the Witcher yeah I'm, I'm cool with getting people into that <laughs> <laughs> Why would you feel bad about having people addicted to Call of Duty? Because I was addicted to Call of Duty for three years and it was one of the worst experiences of my life. <laughs> Why was it that bad? Um, let's just say that competitive multiplayer and me don't mix well. I get very angry and um, as someone with historical anger issues... <laughs> <laughs> Call of Duty is not a game that's designed to relax people, put it no. that way. <laughs> it, yes, no, from what I've I've seen, it's it's um I mean, I guess it could help you release anger because you're shooting, maybe. Yeah. Well, maybe in the in the single player modes, but when you're playing against other people, it's just nothing but rage. <laughs> pure rage, pure, pure rage. Viking rage. <laughs> So I haven't played, I I generally, I haven't played any multiplayer video games in about six years now, because it just is not, it's not healthy for me. I don't like, um, don't like losing. <laughs> and I don't like not being good at stuff. So anything that I'm not good at, I tend to kind of avoid. <laughs> Okay, so I mean, I, I think it's something we can all relate to. I don't like not being yeah. good at stuff, but then I can try and learn and get better, and and then absolutely, which is why I love games like Dark Souls, which gives you the time and the space to learn and overcome its challenges. But um, when you're getting, you know, competing against fourteen-year-olds in America screaming over the microphone, there isn't really that much space for personal learning or growth when they're telling you they slept with your mother last night you know <laughs> oh yes most definitely um that's what i i don't really like playing online i played online for the first time ever this summer but with a friend so yeah. it was just me and her and we were playing resident evil 5 oh, which yeah. i've played a, a long time ago and she we we bonded over the resident evil passion and yeah. she I, <laughs> She was um she's playing Resident Evil 6 with another friend at the moment online. And so I just asked her if she was haggling, you know, wiggling the button and haggling the stick. And she oh, um, yeah. she was just like, what do you mean? Is it well <laughs> sent the song and now I've ruined Let the me game. Tell you about this meme. <laughs> because it's so true. It's so true. I remember playing it with my younger brother when it first came out, and it was literally you're just button mashing and destroying your controller. Just, yeah. I mean, yay, but 
not yay absolutely no. <laughs> no room for growth no room for growth no room for no. overcoming you know i'm not perfect at this and speaking yeah. of that does that did that translate over in into your music yeah. very much so yeah i was just talking to a friend about this the other day um jonathan young he's another youtube like musician producer singer and he uh he live streams his creative process so he has people watching while he creates his songs and I was saying I could never do that and for me creating is such a private intimate process and and also sometimes such a very boring process to observe I would imagine that I can't I don't think I could ever have people watching me while I'm trying to write or or program drum beats even you know it's like it's yes, a very so intimate private thing like absolutely and it's not the same like I know for example there's a, a cosplayer Mal cosplay he's in Germany and him I've and his wife Maya yeah, yeah. <laughs> very handsome uh, cosplayer Mal. He's also an incredible creator and Maya who oh, does the makeup yeah. is sensational yeah. like together yeah. they're an incredible team but they live stream a lot what they do and what they create which yeah, yeah I get that but when you're writing it's just you at a desk I suppose a lot of the time or at your computer. Yeah and I think it's a funny one because I think with um, it's one of the many um, criticism well no, no you know what not even criticism it's just one of the many effects I think of social media culture is that um, that process has changed and it's different for a lot of creators nowadays they do see that aspect of their process as a public part you know like I know Deadmau5 does a lot of uh, live streaming of his creative process and and you know I, I think it works for some people you know some some artists can create like that but for me I, I can't but then I'm a pretty private person in general like especially in the last few years so but that part certainly I could not uh, I hate being watched <laughs> I hate being on camera and I hate being watched like big brother is watching you when you're creating yeah. yeah especially when it's like i'm being watched by people that i can't see i really don't like that i i, I did um i did a talk with a college last year online and when i first came in i was talking to a bunch of uh like letters on a screen and i asked the professor could you ask the students to put their faces up so i know who i'm talking at you know <laughs> and a few of them did and it made, just made things much easier for me than just talking to an empty screen. It's Yeah, no, it, it, I totally agree. It's a little bit dehumanizing in some way because you're like people forget that you're a human and you're talking to them and and they forget their own humanity in the process. Maybe it's my very far-fetched way of seeing this, but... I, it, I agree with you. And it's, why, it's the same concept of why Twitter is by far the most toxic website for, for people getting into conflict because you're you're talking to a bunch of words you're not talking to a human being face to face you know oh tw so twitter specifically or would you also include like other social media platforms like even reddit think, or facebook or i think all social media platforms have their own level of toxicity but i think for me in my life twitter has been the most um the one that i've had the most challenges in drawing back from the toxicity because I've been sucked into it many times myself you know but in the last few years things have been pretty good there's been no Twitter drama. <laughs> what were the Twitter dramas you got soaked into if you don't mind my asking? Uh, you know what there's so many that I don't even care to bring them up again but there's stuff like um, I remember what there was another podcast I used to do and the two hosts on that podcast were very outspoken politically and very very left-leaning and when they would say something that 
people didn't like politically, I would get a lot of blowback <laughs> because of that. Um, and also just video game stuff. Like sometimes it's as simple as liking a video game will get people angry with you. If you say, I, I'm really enjoying this, like cyberpunk. I said on Twitter that I enjoyed cyberpunk and got a lot of abuse over that. Because this is why, so, yeah, social media for me, oh, I got accused of like selling out and like they paid me money to make these tweets. And like, I'm like, yeah, they paid me money to make a tweet that got 20 retweets. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I think even for people who aren't in the public spotlight, I think there are dangers with with and, and I, I'm on I'm only on very small scale in the public I can't imagine what it's like for more kind of high profile creators but I think even for people who aren't in the public eye in any way I think social media can be damaging and toxic in in the way that it is very dehumanizing absolutely I don't think it's good for the mental health of um of our younger generation especially like TikTok and things like that I'm I'm not on the on the, the TikTok. <laughs> I, can... I joined TikTok this year because one of my songs went viral there, so I kind of had to. Um, and it, honestly, I it's the worst thing I've ever. And our, our attention span in ten years is going to be less than a goldfish. And that that app is specifically designed to sap your your attention span away. <laughs> I think anything that's um, when Instagram released reels, that was already something that could, you know, suck you in. And then you yeah. were doing just, oh, I'm just looking at a couple. And then before you knew it, you had watched stuff for like 45 minutes. I yeah. put a block on that. And then YouTube released shorts, which are exactly the same thing, but longer. And then it just, oh, I thought I had solved my problem, but you've made it worse. So if I were yeah. to join TikTok, it just no and it's true that we're completely losing our ability to focus because of that yeah and I've even I'm I'm 40 and I grew up in an era where we didn't have social media or phones and I even feel susceptible to it so I can't imagine what it's like for someone who's 15 and growing up with this as the completely normal social interaction and I don't know it's just they're being I, I feel there's a lot of bad messages being sent out on on that app like extreme narcissism is rewarded yeah. and in real life that's in, in, except in very rare cases that's not how life works you know no, like it's... if you're in your workplace and stuff that's going to lose you friends but on social media that and the, for me it's the flaunting of wealth and and even the idea that on a TikTok is not a meritocracy. People can pay to boost their TikTok posts. So you generally find it's the rich people who are the most successful on TikTok, the people who are already rich, you know. So people buying their success on there yeah. rather than and, you and know. flaunting it, flaunting it in a time when in a time when the poverty gap is wider than it's ever been. It, I, I honestly get sick looking at this whole culture of wealth and this very insipid kind of kind of implying that if you don't have this wealth too you're lesser of a person because there very much is that vibe on social media sometimes you know it's like being it's at school of... with mean girls in a way like yeah yeah and I worry about how <laughs> I worry about how that's going to impact not just young people's brains but everyone's brains you know absolutely absolutely mm -hmm. and speaking on on the impact on the brain did you mm -hmm. was that a contributing factor to 
your relationship with creation in 2021, which, as you openly yes. talked about on your community, was a bit rocky. Yeah, very much so. I um, So social media and my kind of exhaustion, I suppose, with it was one of the big reasons I just felt very, I suppose, allergic to just doing anything in the public eye last year. But mainly it was just, I think, uh, more so it was to do with the fact that for like two decades, nonstop, I had worked. I was for like all through my 20s, I, I would work full time jobs like washing pots in hotels or like working in retail or doing uh, service. And at night, then I would be coming home and doing music all night. So I'd be getting like maybe three, four hours sleep. And that's, you know, that's doable when you're in your 20s. I mean, I had extreme issues with anxiety and panic attacks, but like I didn't connect it at the time that this is what could be causing. It was my constant, constant. And it wasn't all that was causing it. Your years of therapy have, have taught me that. Yeah, I, I feel like after two decades of working nonstop and putting out so much work, I was just burnt. I just didn't have anything left in me. And I was just... Anytime I would go to work, my ideas weren't very good and I didn't like anything I was making. So I just kind of stopped for a while and took the time to just recharge the batteries and let the well fill up again, you know. It's it's a burnout. It's a full yeah. burnout. And there's also this thing when, because I can relate to, you know, working a full-time job and coming home and trying to do your thing. And it's, you have mm. two jobs and they're constantly feeding into each other because you're the yeah, one body and the one mind that travels between yeah. the two. And exactly. then at one point, something is going to run out and you're basically working, you're, you're running on adrenaline. You're running... Yeah on on adrenaline which brings your, your brain into like this fight or flight mode constantly and consistently and it's exhausting and when the exhaustion catches up with you that's when there's this emptiness that arises yeah. and you crash yeah. exactly and you can't enjoy anything there's no like nothing gives you dopamine <laughs> it's you know and it's at those times that you have to be very careful not to fall into like using too much alcohol or drugs or anything, because that that can then become a, a crutch, you know, and that's how addiction starts. And I have a very addictive personality like that. That's why I'm, my music is the way it is, because I'm so addictive and obsessive that I have put in so many countless hours obsessing over it over my life that I got good at it, you know. <laughs> And I'm very grateful that I was able to channel my obsessive, addictive nature into something constructive like that, because it doesn't always like there there will be some nights where I'm just like, screw this. I'm just going to drink beer all night and, you know, <laughs> I mean, put myself into a, a gray, numb stupor so I don't have to feel anything, you know, <laughs> allow me to run away. And because I can't do yeah. it physically because it's in my head and in my heart, I'm just going to yeah. find something to dissociate. That's the thing. We all do it to some extent. Yes, for some people, it's an addiction yeah. that goes into alcohol and drugs. But there's also, I know some creatives around me that also just sit, are capable of sitting or lying down and not doing anything. But yeah. the mind and the body is not resting. But it's literally... Yeah, because we, we used to lie down and rest. But nowadays we lie down and scroll TikTok or like Reddit or, you know, we're never without our phones. And even when we know it's not healthy for us, we sometimes still do it, you know. 
and the brain, I feel like these days more than ever, our brains don't get much of a chance to rest and to, to just think and be alone with our thoughts. And and that, that was one of the things that last year that I tried to do was to um, be just be with my thoughts and be with the um, just to live for a while with the idea of of my life and what happened in my life because I never ever took the time to appreciate it like this is a, an incredibly successful project and I had never really taken the time to celebrate it in my head and just because I'm always because and every creator will relate to this these days because of the algorithmic nature of how success is measured these days it's very you it's very difficult to take time off because you'll be punished by whatever algorithm youtube decides well this person didn't post in a few months this next video is not going to get any push to you know 57 percent of my subscribers didn't get shown my my latest song because you know <laughs> i'm not posting every day you know and um it got to a point last year where even that wasn't enough of a deterrent i just had to take the time off you know when you say you weren't able to celebrate the success obviously like there's the um you've created an incredible community and you have yeah. an entire body of work available for anyone to listen to yeah creatively were you able to celebrate yourself or not even in that sense a little bit i think you know what it's again everyone will relate to this it's it's a little bit more surreal and difficult to understand when there's a pandemic on and you're stuck in your your office all day and also because, and I was talking to another creator about this recently, for us independent artists, when our song is number one on the iTunes metal chart for seven weeks, as, as our one just was, we're not going to red carpet parties. We're not going to like, you know, we're not going to parties with Metallica. We're not doing big radio shows. We're not getting radio play. We're not like doing big gigs we're literally just our life is exactly the same we're sitting in our office doing more work you know so it's a weird one it's hard to measure your own success when there's not I suppose a corporeal there aren't corporeal things happening happening around you do you know it's yeah life doesn't really change you know <laughs> no it's it's exactly that I know that when the day I launched my 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 little podcast in 2020 I told my friends you know on this day I'll be releasing there's three episodes and stuff and she was like you know what let's go celebrate let's go for a meal yeah like, even something like that is is it makes a big difference it's it's a tiny thing and i but i remember yeah. releasing i remember sending it out in the ether and then just kind of anxiously thinking i would have zero what, listeners what's and just, next yeah. yeah and then oh oh now i now it's a weekly thing oh hello but yeah i remember the walk i remember talking to my friend i remember having a lovely evening and that celebration is set in stone yeah. and it's true yeah. that if you don't celebrate yourself or don't share these moments with someone else, it, you don't get that dopamine or that serotonin released properly because exactly. you don't see it as a celebration to, at all. And to be fair, my wife is very good about stuff like that. Like, um, like even today, um, I passed a milestone on Spotify. It was the first time I've had more than one million monthly listeners. Whoa. So like what yeah, because that's some that was kind of creeping up over the year. And um she was like, right, we're going to celebrate this. I was like, oh okay, <laughs> we're going to do something when we can. We'll go on a date or whatever. Because funny enough, 
stuff this year was by a huge margin the most successful year of my career ever um like by an unimaginable like i'm doing maybe four times the views this year that i ever had done before and it's all because that one song blew up valhalla calling and that's had a knock-on effect on all the older songs but because none of this was tangible in a way that i was actually seeing it just felt like life was going on and i still felt that pressure of like oh no i just have to think about what i'm doing next i have to to write this now into and i didn't i was if i if i had a business brain i would have done three more viking (laughs) songs last year but i did not <laughs> there was only room for one Viking song, and this is the one apparently that happens. not. Apparently not. It's a very big community, and I only just discovered this because this this lad that I did the duet version with a couple of months back. He's like Peyton Parish is his name. He's huge in this like whole of Viking community on TikTok. They like dress as Vikings. They love like everything about Viking culture, and they love the song. And uh, I was like, wow, there's there's an audience out there for everything. So cool. There is, there is. Um, I had a colleague at my previous workplace who, when we used to go for picnics, would bring his own horn to drink from. So he would pour the beer in the horn and nice. be like a full on embrace nice. the Viking hood. And I just like, I have total respect for you, man. Like, nice. this is incredible. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's true that there is. I discovered a couple of bands uh, over the summer, one of them be, being called, um, I might butcher the pronunciation and I apologize, but Wardruna. Oh, Wardruna is fantastic. Oh, the... Wardruna shits all over my Viking song. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys are amazing. It's the drumming, the rhythm. I found it to be, I've used it, I've used some of their songs during meditations or moments where I'm trying to just focus on my breathing pattern and do breathing exercises. Incredibly. It's very, it's very emotionally moving music as well. The, yes. The, the, the man's voice in that group is just, oh, there's some, there's an emotional quality to his voice that just gets right into your soul. Absolutely. And it's, it's, um, it's a chest voice. It's one of these like really deep resonating resonance thing that happens. And it literally leaves yeah. his heart, goes to his throat and straight into you, deeply, deeply into you. Right. Exactly. Combined with that beat, it's yeah. just the perfect thing for the mind, I found. And the language he's singing in Nor- Norwegian, I think, which yeah. also, um, I think, very much lends itself to that very chesty kind of vocal expression. Absolutely. I trained as a linguist and any band that uses ancient languages that I studied and are not necessarily, you know, used. I wasn't one of the cool kids at school because of that. It just Me too, don't worry. <laughs> but it just it makes it even more special. Yeah. It's like yeah. this. I do um... I do ever find, and actually this was something I was thinking about before the podcast because of one of the questions you asked me, that sometimes a piece of music is just too much emotionally like sometimes I can't deal with Wardruna because the the emotions in that music are so deeply affecting that I just it's too I have to turn it off or I'm going to start getting into like I'm not dealing with this today emotionally you know (laughs) like (laughs) some days it's needed and and you just go okay today is the day I listen to this and I let whatever needs to come through come through and just work with it and some days it's just not the tea 
it's just oh nope running away because what one of the questions you asked me before this was are are there pieces of music that really um i can't remember i'm paraphrasing you but are there particular pieces of music that that like emotionally move you very much and i'm like i like have you got all day (laughs) there are so many pieces of music that that i love and adore but some days i just can't listen to them because i will literally just burst into tears and be a wreck like i was i was laughing with my wife before the podcast because i had been going through a few to find and i said oh rachel i fucked up i listened to the edward scissors hands team and now my head's all like (laughs) to be honest yes that's that would be on my list of stuff that could potentially set me off uh, the ice the ice dance from that soundtrack just like uh, or like the the gray havens from the lord of the rings or the final lord of the rings maybe that just... wrecks me just <laughs> i hear the first few notes and i'm like nope i'm an emotional wreck now <laughs> i will not deal with this today i can't i can't yeah. i was thinking about that as well recently the reason i asked you that question is simply because i'm re- re-recording some of my own portfolio and I wanted yeah. to work on new modern songs because my portfolio is more, yeah, Purcell and some old French singing and a couple of Sting songs because clearly Sting has my life. He's Sting, just... his, his, his royal Stingness. His royal Stingness. And having... He did, he, did, he did a fantastic interview recently on YouTube. I must um, link it to you. I, I will need this because of reasons. Yes, please. It's the best... It's the best interview i've ever seen sting do it was like an hour long with this guy called rick beato who's a youtube like music head and you could tell the guy really knew about sting's work and the musicality of it so it was like it it had i've never seen an interview with its own narrative arc because you could tell sting doesn't like interviews yeah by the end of this one he was loving it so it was great oh i need this in my life yeah because he's not fond of interviews and and with the recent album he released uh last year in 2021 rushing numbers being one of my favorites on that one but that's such a great song i've been listening to that a lot that entire album feels so quint like it's just it's the perfect sting album that i didn't know i needed yeah you know his song on the arcane soundtrack was magnificent so that's the one i've been working on and i speaking of emotions that one from a listening point of view was just oh an experience in itself but then working on on performing it within my own range emotionally i did not expect this to be as cathartic as it has been yeah that line is like i hope you know we had everything oh my god how can two notes do that? I don't know, but it's, it's magic. It's, it's wizardry. Barely, it's barely a melody. <laughs> That's and it's it's the way it builds up as well because before it goes into that powerful, it's almost like a scream. Yeah, it, there's been so much contained anger yeah. and grief, and then you have that incredible cello violin moment, and then it comes yeah. and. Yeah. And the key change, which lo- which raises his voice for the second time he sings it, and it's just, oh, it's a beautifully composed piece. My heart is doing a lot of things right now because of that yeah, song. Yeah, It's just one okay, of these. So, <laughs> so you, you can relate to the whole music being a little bit too emotionally affecting thing. <laughs> that's, the, that's the thing. And that's, you know, yeah. when we were talking prior to the podcast, and yeah. I only seek people to have mindful chats with whose work has 
connected and affected me at some point. And some of your songs. That's so flat- that, that is so flattering for me when people tell me that, because to me, the idea of someone feeling that way about one of my songs, the way I feel about these songs, is just incredible, you know. And again, it's something I don't give myself enough time to think about and appreciate, but it is an amazing feeling. Like It's because it's so true. I know that the song you did for Uncharted 4, Here We oh, Go yeah. Again, yeah, yeah. when... I was, I had just finished playing the game and it was my first game on PlayStation because I used to be an Xbox yeah. and GameCube girl. And that game meant a lot to me. And then I discovered your yeah. song and I was just like, oh, hang on. It's exactly what I need to go back and adventure. And my feet are firmest on new ground has become one of my mantra because it's so true. It's a part yeah. of me that I used to have. And I lost yeah. it when I hit my own night of the creative that and was definitely one of the more autobiographical video game songs there there are quite a few of them but that was definitely and it's nice to hear that song get a bit of love that song doesn't get much love does it not oh my god no. what about what about what about don't say a word the one you did for metal gear 5 yeah yeah people really like that one yeah. that one as well yeah that's gonna be one of the um, first tracks on our upcoming remasters album actually because as much as I love the song don't say a word I don't like my mix I, I'm very unhappy with my production skills on that song and I, I'm having it remastered now by Frank who who has been my amazing audio guy for the last year so I can't wait for people to hear that song with a with the sound that it deserves i can't wait to hear that but yeah speaking of music and cathartic release through emotional and stuff what was there what was the song if there is yeah. one that allowed you to release a lot of the emotion that you were feeling in in this darkness and in creation um i thought about this a bit and there's a few like in my own work certainly ode to fury is one that very much comes from a personal place and from a struggle I've dealt with and like for me because the first half of my life was very I don't want to get into too much detail but it was difficult at times and it was a bit messed up and in later years all of that trauma and pain and stuff manifested as a creative energy which was great but also as anger and I was a very very angry person and not a nice person to be around never like really physical fights or anything like that but just you know could say really cruel things sometimes to people and would pick arguments I was basically like Larry David you know like <laughs> just getting into arguments over the most pointless stupid things and like that wasn't nice for my wife to be around it wasn't nice for on Twitter I was getting into fights on Twitter you know and I was like yeah no it's time to go back into therapy and get to the bottom of all this and spent a year and a half kind of fixing it all and and as you know it never is truly fixed because as the lyric says the fury it never leaves me but um you do find ways to manage it and to control it and and these days I feel a lot less angry at the world um until I open Twitter <laughs> and see the latest <laughs> news see the latest news or the latest hot take from someone and I but these days I've learned not to engage in it and to just turn it off and let let allow myself to not think about it yeah. you know because I felt like a lot of the time growing up I felt like I had a responsibility to be politically engaged and to you know if you have a platform you have to use it for this and that and when it just becomes mentally too much for you it's okay to not have opinions on things yeah. you don't have to share your opinion on everything you know it's it's okay to just say nothing sometimes absolutely I think also going 
back to our social media talk, but there's this necessity to speak, like because I have access to the entire world, I have to speak. And actually, there is so much wisdom to be learned and to nourish in witnessing and in being silenced and in also allowing yourself to choose which conversations you want to have. I agree so much and also the idea of um sometimes it's 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 more healthy to just try to listen because the thing about social media is that it, it encourages you to always say stuff it, it encourages you to always give out your opinion and sometimes on topics that are very hard to form an opinion about like there are opinions I've put out into the world before that I don't now have and I feel very differently about things but unfortunately with social media once you say something it's there forever you know and there's there's not really much room afforded to people to learn or to grow because social media loves a pariah and there's nothing we love more than tearing someone down and in some cases it's very much deserved I mean but I think a lot of the time people get caught up in one small mistake can haunt someone forever you know yeah and I'm I'm glad that's never happened to me but there's certainly been times that particularly and again this is going back to anger when you're when the emotion of anger is is a constant in your life that affects your decision making in a big way and your self-expression is extremely compromised when you're angry and you don't communicate well you don't express what you're thinking well and you don't form you don't even form opinions well because anger is a very reactionary emotion and when when it's your primary feeling everything you do it's governed by it and you just you make a lot of stupid mistakes you say a lot of stupid things that maybe you don't even mean you know yeah anger is one of these emotions that has an incredible impact on the body i've mentioned this to a few clients before and i keep on reminding people one minute of anger creates so much stress hormones that it's going to take an hour to leave your body so if you're angry for one minute it's with you for an hour you're angry for five minutes it stays with you for five hours that's a long anger anger then is with me always accompanied by anxiety as well because it's part of me that knows deep down that i'm going to regress saying this thing later you know And it's, it's, it's not easy when you're in that place as well to go and seek help. And it's, it's because you don't quite know, I don't know how to phrase this, but sometimes you don't know if you can go see someone or if it's okay for you to see someone because there's still 2021 and there's still plenty of taboo when it comes to seeking help in the form of therapies or alternative therapies. Especially with men. Oh gosh. Yes. There's this whole extremely toxic culture now around this whole, like, uh, alpha male thing (laughs) (laughs) I just don't get that at all like I don't get this idea of masculinity being tied to only one or two very particular things you know I think most men who are comfortable in their masculinity it's whatever you want it to be it's whatever you need it to be I don't feel it's uh you know I I don't know I feel with men we're very much discouraged as we said before the podcast men are very discouraged from talking about these things or from showing any sign of vulnerability or men are even discouraged from showing growth as a person because it's often considered weakness to admit that you were wrong about something or made an error in judgment and for me that's that's just silly because how can you be a better man if you're not going to look at the ways in which you can improve you know that is so true that is so true because 
that's the thing you need to it's not pleasant but it's a I feel it's something that can help you so much to just take a step back and look at what's going on and look at how you've said things looking at the language you use on the daily whether to you or to people that you know and love or even to um even to people on social media who follow you because that's one thing that took me a while to learn was the great responsibility you have when people admire you and look up to you. Mm. And I always tell people not to admire me and look up to me because there's nothing special about me. I'm just good at making songs. That's literally the only special thing about me as a human being. I'm good at making songs. And the problem with with that, though, is I've been there myself. I know how much you can get into looking up to an artist whose work that you love. And it's very disappointing then if if they act in a way that it's just kind of not <laughs> not the way you would want them to and there's been times on social media where someone has said something to me when I'm having a bad day and I might have snipped back at them and in hindsight that was like such a shitty thing to do because if that's someone who looks up to you and and, and really admires you as a creator then you've really probably ruined their day by doing that and that's something I'm very very conscious about these days I don't there was a there was a moment yesterday when someone was trying to shill NFTs for me after I had just tweeted about my my someone without my consent making an NFT of my YouTube channel and someone was trying to like tell me I mean, NFTs are great for artists and it was so tempting to just say fuck off but you know but you did not you did not no, say I did not I was very 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 polite. <laughs> Because this is the thing, sometimes someone who's disagreeing with you on, on Twitter could be someone who really likes you, you know, and someone who really likes your work. And for you then to turn around and be an asshole to them can be probably really disappointing, you know? <laughs> yeah, I can, I can see that. I can see that. But there's also then, doesn't that make you censor your speech rather than measuring um, the situation yeah i've funny i've i've interesting opinions on that whole self-censorship thing i think there's a difference between feeling like you can't speak freely and just trying not to be an asshole and hurt people yeah you know and for me if i feel very strongly about a topic well i don't know maybe it's cowardly but i just figure these days it's too it's too exhausting for me to talk about big topics on social media because there's always no matter what your opinion is on any topic someone's going to hate you for it yeah i'm with you, you know I'm, just, I'm absolutely with you on that i'm too tired to it, have long conversations on social it, media yeah it was different 10 years ago but i'm i'm 41 you know i'm too old for fighting with people on, on twitter <laughs> even at 30 I should have been too old for that but you know <laughs> I mean I'm I'm 31 and I feel well old when I see all of these like long threads and people interacting and stuff and I'm like yeah. I I uh, if you want to chat you can come to my dm and, and then but I just I'm not going into a long thread it's just I think I think there's very much finding your place in the world as well and what you want that place to be so like again using myself as an example because it's the only one I really know it's say around 2014 2015 even 2016 I was always feeling like I had to have a take on everything and part of my job was being present on social media and being a personality as well as a musician but um a, 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 a few years ago I think like maybe three and a half four years ago it was like I'd just gotten married and I was very just I had taken a couple of months off of social media for the wedding and everything around it and not 
I hadn't told anyone. The only people who knew I was getting married were the people who were invited to the wedding. Not even Facebook friends knew about when my wedding was going to be. And it was so nice just to be away for two months from all of that noise and social media. And it was so lovely just being around people I cared about and not in any way in the public eye that I kind of decided my place in the world is not to be a spokesperson for anything or to be the guy who gives political opinions. My place in the world is just to be the one who makes music that makes people happy. And I'm fine with that just being my place in the world because I, I found that being the person that always had to have political takes and stuff, it's just, it's very exhausting. And, and for me, mentally, I find that difficult to, to deal with, you know? Because yeah. I don't I don't like the blowback. I don't like people not liking me as a person, you know. And so, admittedly, there were certainly times over the last few years where I still gave political hot takes on certain people, <laughs> certain famous politicians. But like, you know, in general, I try to tone it back a lot. I think also it's more than just, you know, giving also people music that then they like. Because as we've said, like music is something that's so emotional and that can resonate in the deepest parts of ourselves. And I believe artists and creators, and that's why I found the name Artful Athletes so accurate, because we are athletes, because it's a bloody marathon to create something and put it out there. But there's... People have no idea how much work goes into... Absolutely. And there's there's when you're a creative you have to have like this sensibility this sensitivity about yourself and about your art and it makes Absolutely. it as you said such a private and almost intimate moment when you're creating and you're giving birth to something yeah especially with um especially if it's a very personal piece lyrically or or for a painter maybe would have the same experience with with painting where it's a very personal piece and for me I couldn't share that with the world that creative process it's very private yeah <laughs> absolutely and yeah. when when you're in a place where your own creative process is not fueled by anything when it's really really dark and you can't write you can't act you can't sing paint still an empty canvas behind me because over a yeah. year I haven't been able to do anything and 2022 yeah. is the year where creation is priority for me yeah. not necessarily for sharing but just already doing it for me is yeah. the greatest step I can take how do you you said it before creating 20 in 2021 became heavy and empty so how what were the steps that allowed you to bring the fire back in um I think I it's really hard for me to say because I'm not 100% sure but I I think it was maybe just taking that time to recharge was what did it and not not forcing the work out you know yeah I'm going going to see Dune <laughs> <laughs> I was I was I was only 10 minutes into that movie before the ideas were just like firing on all cylinders in my head it was like that was one of those songs I couldn't not make it just literally wrote itself like because that movie was so visually and musically spectacular that it was just an idea's fountain you know that's the thing we yeah. as creatives sometimes we also need to remind ourselves that we need creativity from others to fuel our own inspiration everywhere Absolutely. inspiration that's my whole it's my whole career you know it's like <laughs> literally literally <laughs> When people ask what I do, I, I say, do you know the Kate Bush song, Wuthering Heights? It's like, yeah, well, that's what I do, but like all the time. <laughs> when I moved 
the UK, that's one of the first things that people showed me. You're like, you know, Wuthering Heights? Like, yeah, I, I know it. I've read it. And then that was literally, there you are, the Kate Bush Wuthering Heights song. And it, it, yeah. it <laughs> I love the fact that you describe your work like this, because when I yeah. introduced you to <laughs> friends, like, oh, I'm listening to this song, like about this game that, you know, and I know when we play, this is it. And you're like, what, what does this guy do? Well, he's a musician, but he makes music based on stories, but he gets the essence of it and then puts it to music and it makes me feel things. So mm. that's what it is. And it, when it first, and I've spoken about this a lot, when it first started out, it was quite different in that there were a lot of songs like the aforementioned Wiggle the Sticks. They were kind of meme, meme songs that didn't really have any kind of emotional depth in them, which is fine. It's that's what people are into that's absolutely fine but I lost interest in that over the years yeah and um I I nowadays I only make music that really really I want to make and that really to me is stuff that I will still want to listen to in 10 years and actually feel proud of and like my primary reason for making music always has been for myself always I, when I was completely flat broke and working for like you know working with zero audience I was still making you know 40 songs per year you know it was it's always my primary goal with music has always been to make something that I want to listen to and people are so weirded out like by that sometimes like wait you, you listen to your own songs of course I do why why else would I make them it's like they're a mix of all my favorite types of music so like why wouldn't I want to listen to them you know <laughs> no but that's so true I have some friends who hate to listen to what they've created and they're just like ah no or actor friends who don't want to watch films that they've I, been in I understand that one I I hate watching myself on video oh yeah that can be that can be a thing but for some people it's also just I don't want to see the whole thing I don't want to see and and then I mean I'm at peace with myself uh, my voice and and my image I just don't care I'm here for the story and I want to see what others are doing. <laughs> I want to see yeah. what the other characters are. And also taking a step back and looking at the image, the final image, because there's filters, there's choices, there's close-ups and everything that you didn't get to see being made. So it's yeah. for me, it's to see what the other artists involved in crew, in in tech and everywhere created it's to yeah. celebrate all of that but i Absolutely. know some people struggle with that as well and listening to your own music obviously you've written it you've created it you've mixed it now you don't anymore so you have more free time but yeah. it's also a celebration of everything that you did yeah absolutely and it's also a way to learn i mean i wouldn't know that I wasn't happy with the mix for Don't Say a Word if I hadn't gone and listened to that song so many times and gone, oh my God, I hate what I did with the snare drum and that. Let's not do that again, you know? <laughs> it reminds me of um, Anthony Hopkins. He wrote an entire waltz, a piece of music, and he, yeah. he'd he never listened to it. And yeah. it was a, 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 a conductor in I believe 2014 2015 who finally conducted it and and he heard it live for the first time I think it was something ridiculous like 20 30 40 years after having written it and you kind of go oh you didn't get to hear your own creation for that long yeah and it's a very challenging thing and I'm sure a lot of artists do also struggle with this where 
one of the most difficult things I find is being able to look past the flaws in your work enough to enjoy it. That's certainly a lot easier these days since I outsource the technical side, because for me, my songs is my strong point. My writing is my strong point. But with my vocals and with my production, I've never been super confident. And these days, the production is is always at a level where I'm pretty happy with because I've outsourced that now. So it makes it much easier for me to just listen to the songs and enjoy them, you know, without kind of focusing on the flaws of like, oh, there's way too much 5000 hertz in that kick drum. And because this is all the stuff that people don't realize goes into making music. They think it's just you sit down with your guitar and you record a song and that's your life. You're like, you've a great life just singing songs. But there's so much technical work that goes into it, you know particularly for home producers like me. You have to do everything that a studio would normally do, but by yourself. Yeah. You have to have a deep and um, knowledgeable understanding of sound and how it works and how frequencies interact with each other and, you know, what compressor, what compressors do, what EQs do, what, what effects to use, how to arrange a, a piece in a way that's true to the subject matter. Like, the, those are all skills that take a long time to, to get good at, you know. Yeah, to master, because it's it's becoming a master in your own craft and celebrating that. Even picking which instruments to use is, is um, sometimes a challenge because when you want to create a certain mood, because for me, I people always say, like, what do you think about genre? And I don't really think about genre when I'm making songs. I think about what am I trying to express and what are the instruments, musical writing and sounds and timbre that I need to create this mood if if you get me <laughs> absolutely absolutely yeah. but it's it's like choosing the colors for a painting yeah it's... and there's certainly a, a, an element of genre that would go into it and it's funny that you mentioned painting actually because um it's so similar it's so so similar because I I tend to like use a lot of layers in my songs so many layers of sound yeah. and it's so easy for that to turn into a big gray and brown smudge. And the skill is in separating those layers in a way that is audible and that everything gets to shine. And it's very challenging. <laughs> that it is, because you need to lay the foundation and then figure out yeah. if everything, every color that you want on that canvas will still be witnessed for what it is. And that's I see, I see a lovely rainbow on the shelf behind you. Um, and it's such, it's such a good analogy because when you first record all of your parts in music, you don't have a rainbow. You have all of the colors smudged into each other. And it's then the job of the mix engineer to turn that into a rainbow. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a get well soon card I got after my surgery in November. And uh, oh. I've kept it there on my canvas yeah. because it's a reminder. I'm it's getting... a feel good. <laughs> exactly. It's a feel good thing. And it's, it's a, I... I'm taking on oil painting and for oil painting. You need to have an understanding of colors and, and layers and, and lighting. Cause otherwise, if you put certain colors on top of others using certain mediums, it won't do yeah. what you want it to do. So yeah. some colors, some colors very much compromise other colors and things like that. And yeah, it's exactly. so similar to, it's so similar to music. You could make a million metaphors out of it. <laughs> <laughs> We could milk this for hours, but you also 
have a wonderful evening to have. And before we go, I just wanted to ask one more thing. Yeah. What is what is the goal for 2022 when it comes to your creative health? Oh, that is a good question. <laughs> Aha! Um, I am hoping that this year is the year I find the right balance because uh, historically it's been too much or too little with 2021 being the only time it was too little but um even even the two years before that I, I had cut down the amount of work I was making a lot and was still feeling a little overwhelmed but uh hopefully this year will be the year when um, I can somehow find that balance but that's a lot easier said and planned than it is put into action so and, and like horizon zero uh, horizon forbidden west and elden ring are both coming out next month so it's uh, my, you... my my 2022 is already super front loaded <laughs> <laughs> we have we're, we're almost finished our arcane song now. <gasps> yeah that, yes! that which i which i started making a month and a half ago like it's taken a long time and that one if this one doesn't do well i'm gonna be so pissed off because it's so good it's such and carlene did an amazing vocal performance on it i oh. we got in this wonderful girl um liz lister to do a, an entire orchestral like chamber piece for it and it's just oh it's absolutely beautiful it's got cellos and violins and, and we're hopefully going to do two versions of it like a pop version and then a more classical version and i'm so excited about this one i'm so excited you've said all the words that definitely were gonna do the things especially because of arcane has been it did a lot of things for me creatively and relaunched me creatively and it's very interesting because one of my friends who's uh she's an illustrator concept artist uh she's incredibly talented and 2021 was very challenging for her as well and she had a phase where she completely stopped drawing couldn't do yeah. anything arcane launched and she watched one episode because, oh, you know, animation and I like it and it's good for me. And she binged all the episodes in one night. And the next day <laughs> she had gone back to drawing and she's been drawing every day since. And it's just, Amazing. it's such a wonderful thing to witness as a friend and as a creative. We do have these moments where it goes dark, but there's always something that brings us back in. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's sometimes it's just the timing as well. You know, but I mean, not not to take away from that show because the writing and animation in that show are absolutely top notch. They're different. I don't usually watch animated series at all. Like I'm not an anime guy or or anything like that. I it's very rare that I watch animated stuff, and that show absolutely blew me away. Just yeah. absolutely top tier writing and musically as well. I found that the there were some beautiful moments. For example, for me, one of the things that stayed the most is. Um, Obviously, Sting's song being peak. But in, I think it's the eighth episode, the moment where Victor goes to run and the way the music layers and you have the buildup of the of the violin moment as he runs and it's a 50 second long shot it's animated so incredibly they, beautifully and it's so emotionally they charged music. they use the music so well in that show it's incredible <gasps> even like the end of the third episode which i i obviously won't spoil what's happening but the song the goodbye song at the end of the third episode is just oh that girl's voice <laughs> it's it's the voice the lyrics when I first saw same not going to spoil but the end of that third episode it was already there were it was a lot to unpack but then yeah. they put the song there it's and incredible 
Yeah, and the song has just that right mix in the way it's composed musically of desperate sadness with a sinister undertone. It's just amazing. Oh, and with her voice being so, she has a very light and crisp quality to it. It's beautiful, yeah. It just, and just narration, stories, because every song is a story in itself. And when you have, when you overlap these two stories well it just reinforces everything and emotions yeah and that like that's why artists like Kate Bush and David Bowie or Iron Maiden are so inspiring for people because their songs all tell stories absolutely absolutely ah this has been such a wonderful musical chat I'm very grateful for this moment I think my audience will enjoy this one I I hope they do oh I hope they do I hope they do because as I said, it's rare that I do podcasts these days. So it's nice to it's nice to do one that's a little different and lets you um, speak in a more honest way and maybe uh, in a more personal way. You know, I think I feel personally that this is definitely something that happened today. And I'm very, very grateful to have been able to witness all of this and hear from you because because I know your music and the way you write lyrics has gotten me out of lower creative spells many a time and if that having a conversation like this can help other creatives dive in and remember that first and foremost you create for yourself and if something isn't right that you just have to take the time and allow yourself to have that time that beauty can come back again exactly give yourself a little always always make sure to give yourself a break and um if if the well has run dry, maybe take a step back and it's okay. But it's it's difficult advice to give, as we mentioned, due to the algorithmic nature of art these days. Yeah. But for your mind and your, your own creativity, if you need to take a step back, my personal opinion <laughs> is is that you should do it, you know. Maybe, maybe not for like an entire year, like I did. <laughs> That said, I, I keep beating myself over last year, but we put out four songs. I know two of them were remakes, but we did put out four songs and also did an entire instrumental album, which is hasn't been released yet. So it wasn't a completely creatively dead year. But no, it was, was not. It, it was, was quiet. Not. It was not. What I yeah. would call creative uh, emptiness is, no. for example, maybe from personal experience, 2016 to 2020 absolutely nothing yeah that's that's a dry spell and a half (laughs) (laughs) that that was a big dry spell but that's the thing you just need to no matter how long it takes just doing little things for you is the way to go absolutely yeah on that note i am going to thank you good sir to have blessed this podcast with your wisdom and thank thank you for having me on it was it was lovely and to all of you listening out there uh you will have another mindful chat next week and don't forget if you want you still have your regular fix coming out every thursday wishing you all a pleasant week a pleasant time many a creative moment and uh thank you again gavin for listening thank you for having me (laughs) for listening for speaking jesus christ (laughs) words tricky how do i words how how do i words exactly that exactly that i has language um (laughs) thank you very much thank you for listening and i'll speak to you soon Bye. bye